The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. There are over 20,000 cases of diabetes type 1 in Ireland and earlier this week Diabetes Ireland launched their test campaign which focuses on type 1 diabetes awareness and to talk about this I'm joined in studio by Professor Edna Roach from the Irish Childhood Diabetes National Register and Jay Hickey who's living with diabetes for uh, 20 years type 1. Good morning and welcome to you both. Edna, first of all, um, people hear about type 1 and type uh, 2 Let's just very quickly distinguish between the two. One is, if you have it, you have it. It's, you can't do anything about it. The other is lifestyle related. Thank you. And good morning, Pat. Absolutely. The two types of diabetes are very different. So what we're really concentrating on today is type 1 diabetes, which largely um, happens in children but can be diagnosed throughout life. And Type 1 diabetes is where the body stops producing insulin effectively. And it can't be ignored. It's something that will make itself felt. And it is rapidly progressing in terms of symptoms, but also would be fatal if untreated. If untreated. Now, uh, type 2, as I say, it might be based on uh, lifestyle, obesity and so on. It can be treated with medicines. If it's caught early enough, it can be reversed. And, you know, people take exercise, do all of those things. Type 1 you can't, it happens to you and it happens to you and that's it. There's nothing you could have done to avoid it. Yeah, I mean, g- given the state of knowledge at the moment, there's nothing that we can do to prevent type 1 diabetes. It is something that's going to happen. It's where the body starts to recognise part of the body, the pancreas that produces the insulin as foreign. It's an autoimmune condition. And we believe that there's a huge environmental effect in promoting the increase in that type of diabetes. But Classically, it has a very short history, so short presentation, symptoms probably for about two to three weeks. But the real challenge is that those symptoms are quite subtle. Now, your campaign, which is called TEST, and it stands for T-E-S-T, the first T? The first T is thirst. So one of the big symptoms of type 1 diabetes is that people are thirsty. They're drinking a lot, possibly even getting up at night to drink. Uh, E? E is where the energy is low. So people tend to be very tired and very energy depleted with this. S? S is for sudden weight change. So classically with type 1 diabetes, people would tend to lose a lot of weight. Okay. And the last T? So the last T is for toilet trips. So people tend to go to the toilet frequently. So they're getting up at night possibly to go to the toilet, going to the toilet very regularly and passing large volumes of urine. So... um, very significant toilet trips. In children who are toilet trained, sometimes they can start wetting the bed again. So it's a good sign in in children under the age of five. Now, this is not just, I feel like, a little sip of water, mum. It's quite extreme, the thirst. It's extreme thirst. And what's going to happen is it increases in severity over time. But sometimes the challenge is in the early stages, the symptoms are quite subtle. So if people are concerned, they should take that simple test. So they should talk to their doctor. And that's what the campaign is about, to say, look, if you think there are symptoms going on, don't sit there, as many people do, saying, you know, I hope it's going to get better. Now, what does the GP do to confirm that it is diabetes? So we can do a simple test. So you can either take a simple finger prick blood test that'll make it more likely um, that the diagnosis is diabetes. Or what I would encourage parents to do would be maybe bring a urine sample along to the GP as well. So a simple blood test or a simple urine test can make it much more likely to diagnose and share the symptoms. And that's what we want to do. So we're trying to encourage 
parents and healthcare professionals to work together to get the diagnosis early. If it's not diagnosed early uh, and if uh, people keep on drinking and drinking and peeing and peeing, and it, it, what happens to the body? How dangerous is that? So absolutely. And that's where type 1 diabetes is so different. So if type 1 diabetes, the diagnosis is delayed, people get sicker and sicker and sicker and they can what we call metabolically decompensate. So they develop this condition that we call diabetic ketoacidosis that is potentially fatal. So in this condition, people become increasingly unwell. They'll start to have vomiting. They'll have abdominal pain. They'll have confusion and lethargy. And that can progress forward into mm. coma. Can that be detected by the breath? You can smell the ketones in the breath um, if, you know, if it's quite progressed. Okay. Um, but also you can have laboured breathing as well. So sometimes people can think it's actually a chest infection. So it's important for people to bring forward the fact that this child has been drinking a lot, going to the toilet a lot, you know, and actually say, I'm worried that this could be diabetes. So we need people to think, could this be diabetes? Now, Jay, um, you've been living with diabetes for 20 years. How old were you when you were diagnosed? Um, I had just turned 10. Um, so I was just You just turned 10? I had just turned 10, yeah. And um, strangely enough, I only had one of the four kind of main symptoms and it was just extreme tourist. Um, I wasn't really showing signs of any of the, of the other uh, symptoms associated um, with, the, with diabetes. But you were diagnosed. And who spotted the fact that this thirst is abnormal? Um, well, it, it, my own mother had kind of uh, recognised after a couple of days. And I went to the GP and the GP didn't seem too concerned because like that, the only sign that I was shown was severe tourist. Um, so they didn't think much of it at the time. And then about um, another week had passed, returned to the GP again. And then they had said um, it could potentially be type 1 diabetes. Mm. And like that, I um, did a urine test and then um, it was confirmed. Were, were shown. Now, straight away, you're put on insulin. Um, were you injecting initially or did you go straight onto a pump? No, I was injecting initially. I'm still uh, currently injecting today. Um, you don't use the pump? I don't use a pump. No, I just use um, multiple daily injections. Um, and that's just the, the, the form that I choose to use. Um, but there is obviously the, the pump is an yeah. option out there. Because, I mean, initially it would seem like a very tedious having to do finger pricks uh, and uh, test the blood sugar levels and then uh, administer your insulin and decide yourself, uh, you know, how much to administer and what circumstances. All very tedious. It is. It's quite tedious. It's very manual, um, very manual based. Now, I do use um, a continuous glucose monitor. Okay. Um, so that kind of takes away the need for the, the finger prick tests um, because the glucose monitor will constantly check my glucose every five minutes. So then I can just take an injection um, based on... And does it alert you on your phone or something if you're if you're gone high or low? It does do, yeah. So it does have alerts. So if the blood sugars do increase too high um, or they, they fall too low, um, I will get an alarm on the phone mm. to say that action is required. So you carry, what, glucose tablets with you all the I time? Do, yeah, just I do, yeah. I constantly low. carry glucose tablets and, of course, insulin pens as well when needed. All right. So uh, that's the manual way, but there is another way. And most children now very early on go onto the pump, don't they? Absolutely. So we're doing a lot of work to prioritise young people um, having insulin pumps in Ireland. So we really prioritise the use of insulin pumps in children under six, but throughout the age group. So certainly within our service, more than 50% of our young people would be on pumps. But yeah. as Jay says, it is very much a choice in terms of what 
what insulin regime you'd like to follow. Yeah, I mean, if you're wearing the pump, obviously it's a piece of technical equipment uh, yep. that is attached to maybe your bottom or maybe your tummy or whatever it might be. And then if you've got a glucose monitor, it can be talking to the pump and effectively it can be just doing its job quietly and Absolutely. And, you know, over the last 12 months, there have been just incredible changes in the technology available for young people with diabetes. And that's what we're saying. You know, don't be afraid. If you're worried about it, come forward and talk to us. There's lots of help out there and things are improving all the time. But certainly a lot of the, the new, newer pumps and the continuous glucose monitoring systems. Now, obviously, the, the basic underlying biology of all of this, and uh, no one really knows, there is maybe a familial element uh, to this that you can have. Maybe a relation has diabetes and uh, therefore you might be more susceptible. The trigger, though, um, some people say it's a virus. You know, you catch a common cold or whatever, and that's, if you like, starts the process. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's really interesting. So one of the things that we're doing... In Ireland, with you know, we developed the Irish Childhood Diabetes National Register in 2008 to monitor the frequency of diabetes in our population and also to monitor the frequency of ketoacidosis. And we're doing that internationally across the world because what looking for trends in diabetes helps us better understand what's driving it. There is a familial element, so there is a genetic component, but it's actually quite small. So we know that less than 10% of people will have someone close in the family with type 1 diabetes. So the majority of people, it's a bolt out of the blue. But we do know that something programs the immune system to recognise the body as foreign, and there's a big environmental effect on that. And we haven't, there's a lot of research going on, but we haven't fully ascertained exactly what that is. But as you say, viruses are a significant component of that, and probably viruses very early in life. So in you know in the under twos even so exposure to viruses that early there is something else though in terms of kind of the microbiome so you know it's how we process our food the gut mm. helps us decide you know how our immune system should function and a lot of that seems to be driven by the environment possibly by what we ingest so there is that wider element very complex very it's complex and fascinating. anyway professor luganil was telling us about the development of inverse vaccines which might be good news down the road for Absolutely. diabetics so we shall watch that space look thank you both very much for joining us uh, test is the campaign uh, and uh, it's test uh, t- thirst energy reduced uh, sudden weight change mostly loss and lots of toilet trips that's what it stands for watch out for those symptoms and get treated uh, straight away. My thanks to Jay Hickey, who's been living with uh, diabetes for 20 years, type 1, and to Professor Edna Roach from the Irish Childhood Diabetes National Register. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk. Well, now,